I'm Chanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Brace the tackle, watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May. If you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to in-season college and NFL breakdowns to NFL draft coverage to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we always talk some fantasy football since this is a Rotoviz podcast, but we also make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too, just about every single week. Last week, if you uh, joined us, Ryan McDowell and I held the 2020 NFL Rookie Draft Do-Over for the College to Kenton podcast. And this week, I'm joined by another special guest, and we're actually going to be diving into what I call the new elite at every single position across the league, at least on the offensive side of the ball. We won't get into offensive tackles, and we probably won't spend any time on defensive backs because this is all about some fantasy football. But basically, if you've listened to other podcasts that I've done in the past, uh, it's just diving into players that are sending into the elite tier of talent at their position that, that are contributing for real football purposes and fantasy football purposes halfway through the season. Maybe, you know, there's so many things going on. It's easy to miss just how incredible uh, it is what these players are doing already. And so if you're playing fantasy football in a dynasty capacity or even redraft, we can kind of forget that we should probably always be making our teams better. In order to do that, you need to take advantage of the the moments in which dynasty players and, and fantasy football players don't realize what they already have sitting on their roster. So hopefully this can help us find some values, find some players that are already wowing, and maybe even discuss some players that are kind of fading away already, uh, or maybe they're just disappointing and aren't quite where we thought they would be maybe a year ago or even six months ago, or maybe before the season even began. So we're going to try to tackle the new elite at every single position. And to help me do that, I'm joined by my special guest, and his name is John Bosch. You may be familiar with his work. You can find him on Twitter at John Bosch FF. Uh, if you listen to the Dynasty Wall Street podcast or the Dynasty Game Night podcast, you may have heard of all his crazy league formats. Uh, there's actually one where uh, he and I are in a league where we have superpowers that you can actually roster. Uh, and there's all sorts of like the vampire leagues that he does, like where you can steal players off other people's rosters and things. Uh, really just has fun with this fantasy football thing. So really excited just to talk some player values with you, John, because I trust your valuation on players and I trust your kind of foresight. And I mean, I know you're always looking ahead, looking at the game theory side of things to just try to take advantage of it. It's all a strategy game for you and as it, as it should be. So thanks for joining me, John. It's, it's been too long since I've had you on a show. Welcome, welcome to the College to Ganton podcast. Thanks for having me, Travis. Yeah, I, I definitely look at players probably a little differently than a lot of people. I am always <laughs> thinking about what this player, what his value is right now and what it's going to be in the future. That is how I play the game. To me, that's the easiest way for me to play. I don't feel like studying a bunch of film <laughs> or crunching a bunch of numbers. So yeah. if I can just get get players before 
their value goes up and trade players away before they go down. It's, it seems to be doing all right so far. So yeah, absolutely. I, that's, that's how I play. Yeah. And, and really in that regard, you're probably the most unique guest I've had on because like you and I, it's funny. We, we, we joke about uh, your fandom or, or non fandom of, of real NFL teams. All you just care about is the fantasy points. And maybe it's just cause you were a, a jaded Bengals fan for too long, or, but, but, but I think that offers a very unique perspective when it comes to football and just uh, viewing these players as, as talents. Like you don't even necessarily care if they're really good. You just care about the opportunity, which I think um, I, it, it depends on what it costs to add them to my roster. Right. Exactly. Uh, that, that, that's what matters. Yeah. If they're, if, if they're cheap and they give me points, then all the better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if it, they're good, if they're on an elite player, I don't care. I'll usually pay for it. Cause yes, uh, I'm not willing. I'm not afraid to pay up. I do like to get guys cheap, but which is fun. I'm, I'm somebody who will pay up and be an overpayer often yeah. as well. Yeah, and I that's don't care. I think uh, that's more fun. Uh, just just get your guys and get guys you believe in. Get guys that you believe are going to score score the most points. Make some crazy moves. Have fun with it. So, yeah. so I think in that Marvel auction that we did, we were we were probably the some of the the uh, team that we co owned together. We were probably one of the most aggressive bidding teams there was. Oh yeah. And that was a blast. Like, I, I'm sure it frustrated we, everyone else, but <laughs> we didn't care. We didn't care about filling out our full roster. It was, we, no. we were willing to pay the cost of investment to get the guys we wanted. And exactly. And I, the, I don't see any other way to play for me. Yeah. And I think that's why it's fun having you on just for this discussion in particular, because we just went after the guys that we saw as potential elite options and weren't afraid to pay what we had to in that auction format. So if you if, listeners, if you've never played a, an auction league, this was a weird one. Like we, you could roster college players and we actually could get points from college players. This year it was a little weird with COVID, but uh, you can roster college players and NFL players. And it's all sort, sorts of weird. Like when they uh, graduate or go to the NFL, they're automatically on your team. So it's a bit like a Debbie league too. Uh, just a really uh, bizarre format, but it's, it's uh, a lot of fun looking forward to that team as it gets better, but let's just dive right in and, and talk about quarterbacks here. First, the uh, most important position in uh, the best format of fantasy football, which is super flex, which is where you can actually start two quarterbacks. If you haven't uh, caught on to that and started playing that format, I highly suggest it, but uh, quarterbacks matter uh, and running backs might might not, but quarterbacks do matter. And uh, I, I'm curious as to your thoughts on who is ascending into the new elite. Like I'm talking top five, top eight guys, you know, maybe at, at most that, that you can basically trust week in, week out to smash for fantasy football purposes. And and that could potentially be long term anchors for real football production. Like like who is the who's the one the number one guy? that you think of based on that description? Ooh, the number one guy. Okay, so the number one guy that I think I want to go after, we, we should have done this show a few weeks ago yeah. because I think he's getting a little bit more expensive, but the number one guy is Justin Herbert. I mean, right. and it, that's because he's the most affordable of the guys that I have a feeling we are going to talk about over the next few players. But Justin Herbert's the most affordable. So he's, he's my first target that I want to acquire in any yeah. Superflex league. I mean, he looks great right now. I, I I don't think there's any chance he doesn't get to the point where next year he's in the discussion of, you know, the top eight quarterbacks in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Yeah, and honestly, I think he's Probably there. higher. Yeah, I mean, I think he might be there now. I uh, think so, too. Yeah, it's just been insane to see how he ascended so quickly. 
And for those that, you know, love college football, I think it was a little surprising. I mean, I, we, we were all gung-ho on, you know, Joe Burrow and Tua Tango-Vailoa. And the quarterback one conversation was only those two guys. And maybe long term, that's how it plays out. But the way that just, Justin Herbert absolutely exploded onto the scene and, you know, having 15 touchdowns and two rush touchdowns uh, coming into the end of this week. And he's actually played fewer, fewer games than a bunch of guys who have done much less. Uh, he's just really done great things. It's, it's a shame that he has to put up with, uh, well, I guess it's the Chargers. So they find creative ways to, <laughs> to lose and to give up way too many points. Like even... I mean, you know, we're recording this like during the Sunday night game and like even earlier just today, like he puts up another 326 yards, two touchdowns, and it doesn't matter because the defense allows 31 points. So it's to the Raiders. He, he threw he throws the game winning touchdown pass too. Right. And it's then it's just not held on to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And just the Chargers, uh, man, if you're a Chargers fan or have been for very long. I, I am so sorry for you because it just has to be frustrating. It's just, especially this year, they've had how many leads, like 20 plus points or whatever. But anyway, Justin Herbert, I think I have to agree. And, and when we're saying that he's like the number one quarterback, we're not saying number, number, number one, one target for me. <laughs> target to acquire in fantasy football leagues if there isn't a trade deadline right now. Uh, but even after this year, I think it's going to take a while for the dust to fully settle. Uh, I think a lot of times we look back at raw total numbers. So unless he goes off and has like a Patrick Mahomes type finish, I think even after this season, he may not be viewed as highly as as guys like Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, of course. Now, we're not saying he's better than those players, just that he's clearly rising and asserting himself uh, and claiming that he is a top eight uh, quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I think he's already there right now. Uh, especially given the, the entire generation of old guys at quarterback that are just about to age out completely. That's going to change some things in the near future. But I'm glad you mentioned him. I've mentioned him on the show, but he just continues to wow. And now with 17 passing touchdowns in just seven games, what is he up to? Like almost 30 PPR points per game in, in pretty standard formats. So just killing it. So I can't agree more. I mean, like I think most people would probably value, you know, guys like Joe Burrow, you know, maybe maybe Dak or other guys in that same kind of tier, like more than Herbert right now. And I think that's where you can take advantage, get some added value on the other side if you're trading for somebody like him. But I'm excited. I would be excited regardless of how bad the defense is. I would be excited if I was a, a Chargers fan for Herbert and his future. But for me, I think I mentioned Joe Burrow. That's a, that's got to be a guy this year that he's looked really, he really has looked the part. And I, I know that we joke about your Bengals, but does he make you want to be a Bengals fan again? No, but I definitely <laughs> want to have him in fantasy. <laughs> no, I'll never go. I'll never go back to reality football, but good no. for the Bengals. I, I think they do have a good quarterback. I like Joe Burrow a lot as well. He's on my list of new elite as well. He and two of both. I mean, we we've talked about them both about a, li- a little bit. Might as well kind of talk about them together. Cause yeah, this whole rookie, the, the all three of these rookies to me, they're already there. I, I don't see how anybody takes a lot of other quarterbacks above them. We should probably have mentioned the the current elite a little bit, like you said, right. Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Like yeah. obviously they're getting taken above them. But who else? Like it, it's, it's a short Lamar, list. Lamar, I think. For me, I, I still probably take Lamar above above these guys. And then we've got one more that or I have at least one more on my new elite. I think there's an argument for yeah. Josh Allen who kind of became elite last year. 
Yeah, but I, I think a lot of people so, would go either way on them. That's that's how quickly these guys have ascended. I mean, if you look at the list of quarterbacks right now, Dak. I don't Dak maybe above them. I, I bet Dak right now, currently, immediately because he's hurt. I bet he's got less value than these guys. Yeah, and, and I mean Dak's got a contract situation too that we're not sure about. That's not a not a check mark in his favor. No. I'm not giving up on Dak. I still like Dak a lot, but. And Dak was, I mean, he was seriously going to hit 6,000 yards this year. I, I, yeah. I'm a believer. Like, so. Yeah. Uh, I like him. <laughs> he's definitely in that elite tier still. Yeah. So, like, those guys are still up there. But these these three young guys, three rookies, have basically jumped right below, right below yeah. these already established studs in the NFL. But when you there, have guys I got, I like got one more too that we haven't mentioned that I think you I I think you agree with as well. Yeah, and we'll get to him in just a moment. We'll, but when you think about all the guys that are going to fade and going to drop off and not be in the top tier anymore, Tom Brady has been hanging on for forever. It feels like, but he's not going to be there for much longer. Drew Brees, <laughs> I mean, he's he's just about there. They, they keep on passing each other up back and forth for the, for the past touchdowns all not time tonight. record. No. <laughs> No, it's I think pretty that, one-sided tonight. Yes, yes, it is. I think uh, Breeze is like, hey, I'm going to extend my lead. I need, need a little pad here. Uh, but, I mean, even guys like in that uh, kind of second tier age-wise that aren't like aged out, but they're not looking like the same. Like, I mean, like, I don't know, for a Baker few years Mayfield, we were super pumped. Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins even. I mean, he had four straight yeah. seasons over 300 fantasy points. Uh, and whether or not he was a really good NFL quarterback, that can be up for debate. But, you know, guys that we've relied upon – for a long time, Matthew Stafford uh, is really not looking like himself anymore. Uh, so it, more and more, we're seeing guys drop and drop and drop and drop like flies that are all uh, well over thirty years old. So I'm oh, excited. You're talking about the old ones. I was talking about. I was talking about the young ones that we had. We had kind of already uh, maybe preordained as uh, as being up there. But I think yeah. those guys to me are kind of dropping down. I think they'll all be solid like QB twos, but. I think a lot of them have shown they don't have the capacity to become the elite tier. Right. But the guy that we have to mention, which might, I mean, he probably in most fantasy leagues probably cost the most to acquire, uh, Kyler Murray. I mean, I don't know how high you are on him, I, but where where would you rank him just overall in, in terms of best quarterbacks in the NFL for fantasy football purposes? So for, for me, Mahomes is one. Kyler Murray is right there in Mahomes is his own tier for me. Yeah. I mean, he's super young he, still. And yeah, there's just what he's doing is absurd. <laughs> the The next tier includes Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. Put him however you want. Russell Wilson obviously has much better production and everything right now. Yeah. The other two have age on him. Yeah. You, you know, so whichever one you want to factor in for me, I'll probably go with Kyler Murray at the top of that because he has a nice amount of production, seems to be very consistent, and he's also really young. Absolutely. For me, he's for me looking at my list right now, he's he's second. It goes Mahomes by himself, and then Kyler Murray comes in right there. I don't have an argument against Lamar or Russell. Yeah, that's tough. Kyler Murray right now just feels better. I think I think that that's it. Like it's those three, like Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, those are it like locks, no debate. And then we're seeing that the three rookies ascend and, you know, LeVar Jackson, because of what he did last year is still hanging around despite having some definite issues this year, especially against the blitz. He's really struggled against the blitz. Some teams have figured out how to attack him uh, and confuse him post pre and post snap. And that's showing up. Uh, he, he doesn't have the passing volume necessarily, 
to make up for his uh, you know lack of crazy upside that we saw just a year ago. I mean, he's averaging like what eight, nine, ten fewer fantasy points per per game this year than he was just a year ago. So it's uh, I because of what he did before, it's it's hard to kind of knock him down too far, but. He could easily get passed by a few of these other guys and perhaps not be in that quote unquote elite tier. But I think by by next year, we could see all three of the, the rookies you mentioned. And, and because of what we've already just saw Tua Tagovailoa do this past weekend, I mean, his first start, kind of rough. And then there was the blurbs about, you know, Dolphins might move on from Tua. Like, just, just that stop. Cr- that was never like going to happen. That was ne- like just, just <laughs> like, hilariously awful takes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it could be interesting to see all three of the Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert and Tua join the the ranks of Kyler Murray, join the ranks of you know Russell Wilson, Patrick Patrick Mahomes is in his own tier and probably will be yeah, for the he, next ten he, years. He's by himself, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just it's inhumane. I don't know what, how to even describe what he is. I don't think for me, Josh Allen is there. He did great again today. Had kind of a rough four weeks where he was showing his human side and not having the crazy rushing upside and, you know, through four passing interceptions, I guess, to four passing touchdowns, uh, but looked good against the Seahawks. So he just seems like an up and down guy that I, I can't put there just yet. And maybe this is my pre-draft and my, you know, hatred of his inaccuracy that's blinding me. Uh, maybe I need you to just say, look, I don't care. He gives me fantasy points because <laughs> I think that can that can blind us sometimes. I'm like, hey, he's putting up crazy numbers. You mentioned him being in that elite tier. Is, is he really all the way there for you? I mean, he's not he's not up at the top, but he is. If, if we want to call the elite, you know, a QB one that you feel comfortable with, he's probably closer to number 12 than he is to number one. So he's in the back half of the top 12 for me. But yeah, he's up there. I mean, I, I, I he scores fantasy points. You're yes. right. That's the exact argument. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who don't like what they saw years ago. Mm-hmm. I move on real fast. I, I don't care. Like that that doesn't matter at all. He What he has shown is that he will produce fantasy points for me. You know, he's got that nice running floor that we do like. That's always going well i mean i shouldn't say it's always going to be there but it is definitely going to be there for a while it's not going to just go away he's going to put fantasy points up he's got a nice weapon in digs who i like he's always had enough receivers to throw the ball around to i like josh allen so i think he's not up in kyler territory with me but he's probably close to you know he's in that to uh joe burrow herbert yeah uh he's he's in that area for me and I think those guys you just mentioned the last couple have similar rushing upside I think long term they could be in that Josh Allen tier maybe Josh Allen doesn't rush as much and really coming into this week he was only averaging like less than 30 rushing yards per game so it's not like you know he's a Lamar Jackson on the ground so I just I I just see that entire trio passing him up by next spring probably almost consensus unless something crazy happens down the stretch I just I, I he's the top of the second tier, probably for me, but still, I think, I think honestly, I think Herbert might not pass him up for people for the exact same reason <laughs> that people don't like Josh Allen because it's just it's what people didn't like before, and so for Herbert to surpass, he has to really outdo. Yeah, and that's the same with Josh Allen in order to rise up. And I think we'll talk about this a lot more when it comes to the running backs because yeah. running backs, it's it's basically impossible. Quarterbacks can do it because they at least get. A little bit more time and the credit. leash is longer. I mean, it's implied yeah. that their their career is going to be longer. Like when you look at the average career for a running back versus a quarterback, there's just almost no comparison for the guys that actually stick, especially. So, 
it is what it is. It's a different position to tackle. But I think that might be all that, uh, that I want to talk about in terms of quarterbacks. But but really, that trio of the, the, the rookies paired with Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, like that might be it. Uh, like maybe those with are Lamar. those are the new ones. It's yes. the three rookies in Kyler Murray. Those yes, are the three exactly. new ones that could that's let's the say new have a chance at being the the QB two <laughs> that we have to. Yeah, all of them are in that conversation to be there like by next by next yeah. year. Like depending on how this year ends. Yeah, I think it's just it's it's a perfect time for the fantasy players that that have these guys or, or want to target these guys. Do it now before they're they they're even more hard to acquire in, in fantasy football leagues. And really, all all four guys, I I see all the fan bases like go crazy for these rookies. Anytime there's any mistakes, there's there's just gonna be mistakes. Uh, so trust these guys. All all three of the rookies especially are long term studs. So. Can't wait to see what that looks like. And really, next year we could be getting anywhere from four two to more. six, <laughs> at, I mean, least at least two, two. But like, like upwards of upwards of, of two. It's like four four to six guys that are at least in the conversation for first round draft capital next spring. And Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, Justin Fields, Ohio State, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, and all guys we've talked about on the pod before. But Mac Jones out of Alabama looking crazy good. Kyle Trask just shredded the heck out of Georgia. And then Zach Wilson putting up a Heisman candidate season out of uh, BYU. So uh, we are not going to be short on quarterback talent uh, anytime soon, which is which is good because I think for a few years there we we were worrying what would happen when this elite generation uh, goes away. But let's move on to running back because I think that's everyone's maybe favorite position, uh, especially here recently because we've seen immediate rookie success and all of these guys getting the first round draft capital or even day two draft capital and just absolutely exploding for their teams right away and that's just that's the nature of the position now it's like you get your rookie contract and then you get to be overpaid for two more years and then your team cuts you and then you're done <laughs> like, yeah uh, that's that's the yeah, arc, I, don't right? th- I don't think i don't think they're really overpaid until their second contract oh, exactly I think they earn that, their yeah. rookie contract yeah the rookie contract no but like if you're really, really good, you'll get that second contract and disappoint for two years. And then, and then you get cut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. And it's, I mean, we could break that down and all the reasons why, but man, it just feels like anybody that anybody that even plays in the NFL anymore because of how ridiculous the athletes are at this point, uh, running backs just get destroyed. Like unless you're Derrick Henry and you're bigger than all the defenders anyway, it, it's impossible anymore. It feels like for these guys to s- sustain, like even guys that jump out real quick and dominate like Todd Gurley, like Melvin Gordon that put up seasons of like 290 plus fantasy points and, and have dominated, uh, you know, having like 2000 yard seasons almost. Uh, and now we're seeing them have knee issues and they, they can't stay healthy. And then they're committed or something weird. It's just the nature of the position. So it's, it feels like we have a different quote unquote new elite tier of player uh, to consider every single year. I mean, I think right now, Coming in and into this year, it was like four guys. It was Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara. Am I missing anybody? Like that was it, right? Barkley, CMC, Kamara, Zeke. Yep, they're the they're the four. They are they are the past elite. They're the current elite, and they're still going to be elite next year. Yeah, and then that's, that's the window of a running back. Don't try to look too much further than that. Yeah, I mean, because like I mean, we we learned to trust guys like I mentioned Todd Gurley and. Uh, Zeke, would you put Derrick Henry in that category? Because we, you know, he had two first slow seasons because of DeMarco Murray still getting a bunch of carries, had 203 fantasy points in the 2018 season, and then exploded last year, broke three the 300 
barrier and looks like he's going to do that again. Would you put him potentially in that tier or are you worried about his uh, receiving upside? Uh, I don't really care about his receiving upside because that's not where his fantasy points. I mean, sometimes <laughs> they come from it when he catches one and then runs for 70 yeah. yards. Right. That's not where... That's not where I expect his fantasy points to come from. He's not anywhere close to that tier for me. Um, really? Okay. Because I, and I I know you're a big Titans fan. Yes. I like Derrick Henry. I consistently worry about just how much work he does do. I know that McCaffrey does a ton of work as well. It's different. It feels like a different kind of work. Henry is huge. He's a beast. He should never break down. Shouldn't. Yeah. But at some point... Like, like you just said, these people that are hitting him are are crazy athletes they're too. The, they're the best football like players to ever play the game. The the, the yeah. most impressive athletes to ever walk the face of the planet, essentially. Like, and he's having you know these car crashes over and over and over and over and over and over. Like, so for me, for me, that will always be a concern. The guys that we mentioned at the top, CMC, Saquon, Kamara, Zeke, they don't have that same style of game. And I know that's just a that, like that's a narrative knock on Derrick Henry. There's kind of a reason for it, right? <laughs> it tends yeah. it tends to end up the guys that just have that collision based game almost they they fade real fast, like <laughs> real fast. When it starts to go, it's gone and it doesn't recover at all. Like he doesn't have the the past game skill set. So I guess maybe it is a little bit based on that. He doesn't have that to be something that can give him you know another out. It's basically this until he can't do it and then he's done. So so for me, that's always a scary thing because you don't really, you don't know that that's coming. At some point it just hits it's and true. Then, then he's done. Yeah. But right now I think we are enjoying the apex of his production and it, oh, it's, for sure. it's incredible to see like he's, I mean, having no less than I think 18 or 19 carries in a game every single week this year, I think he's up to almost 200 carries already. Uh, through the that's first insane. eight games like that's 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 insane like that's that's the nfl of old like we don't see that anymore i mean we we see you know maybe 300 touch guys not 400 carry guys yeah. and so i think for that i love had i love having him on a team i don't want anybody thinking i don't enjoy right. having him on my team yeah, the question is talking, is he elite is he in that <laughs> yes is he absolutely in that elite tier that with the other four that we mentioned uh, and I don't, it sounds like it's a no for you. For me, I think it is, especially for, I mean, for single year leagues, obviously, but for dynasty, it is funny because he's going to be 27 in January. Uh, so that is going to become immediately a question. And for those that don't play dynasty, well, whatever, he's 27, shut up. I'm 38, you know, <laughs> like that's fine. <laughs> but like, I understand, but like with running back shelf lives, the apex of their careers. Statistically, when you look at the greater body of productive NFL running backs, it really top, tops out at age 27, like 26, 27 in that range. And it's and it's getting younger. Like it used to be that there was like a an, a, a wall at age 30 for running backs. And, and it seems like the more I study the position that that age gap is lowering and lowering, lowering when you do it, like especially by by year of a player's career uh, and not just age alone, that is getting shorter and shorter. The leash is shorter and shorter. Like NFL teams are like, I'm going to move on and go get me a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm going to move on and not use any draft capital and get me a James Robinson and you know, and just run him into the ground for three years and move on. It'll be interesting if that trend continues in that direction. Uh, but the Titans have clearly bought in, and, and that's why I think, at least for 
probably two more years. I feel really good after this year. I feel really good about Henry continually you know, just raking in 300 plus carries. So I think for me, he is in that uh, elite tier and entered that tier last year when he broke 300 fantasy points. For me, he's in that tier. We're so used to putting a new guy in that elite tier immediately in every single draft class here recently, especially like 2017 gave us some ridiculous talent. And Saquon Barkley, even before that, we had Zeke, you know, so it was like 16, 17, 18, just killed it, killed it, killed it. And then last year, you know, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders and David Montgomery all had over 1100 yards from scrimmage in their first year. None of them are joining that level of elite tier. Josh Jacobs is getting the workload, but is not being efficient with it. Miles Sanders is hurt again. <laughs> David Montgomery is looking bad. So it's and then this year, like Clyde Edwards Hilaire looked like he was going to be that like the first week, 125 yards right out of the gate. And now Le'Veon Bell is there to sap his value. So is there anybody else that that is even, I mean, honestly, remotely yes. close to the conversation? Da- Dalvin Cook. OK, there we go. I wanted at least <laughs> like, one I more mean, name. I, Dalvin Cook is probably if I if I ranked dynasty players, Dalvin Cook would be my RB5 right now. And. I wouldn't be hard pressed to put him above Zeke. I like Dalvin Cook a lot. So good. Glad yeah, you said Dalvin that. Dalvin Cook would be up there in the new elite for me. Yes, and every time I Dalvin don't think Cook- I don't think he was there before. I think he is there now. Yeah, and I think we we knocked Dalvin probably down a tad. We always saw the potential, right? But but he just couldn't stay healthy for whatever reason. And now, and even this year, you know, he's he's played in six games. But when you look yeah. at his production this year. In terms of points per game, he is number two behind only Alvin Kamara coming into this week. He's been incredibly productive. Uh, now, I guess, seven games under his belt this season. And it's really hard to knock what he's done. I mean, I, even even dating back to college, like we always saw the, the potential. I, and I love that he is the most, well, out of the, I think back to his college days, I don't know if, if a lot of our listeners are huge college football fans, I know. But back in the day, it was... Dalvin Cook or Leonard Fournette. Christian, Christian McCaffrey wasn't even in the conversation in that class. Yeah. Uh, but it was Dalvin Cook or Leonard Fournette. And I remember my very first top 100 piece for Dynasty League football. I was like, Dalvin Cook is the number one pick. And I, I wrote about that, I guess it was November of the year before his draft. And I got lit up because they're like, no, man, it's Leonard Fournette. And now it's like, that's hilarious. That's cute. But it <laughs> turns out we were all wrong because it was Christian McCaffrey. But it's great to see Cook just absolutely showing his elite chops and taking the load and coming into this week having 136 touches uh, and, and still showing the same level of burst, I, th- I think, with every single snap. Uh, so, yeah, so that's probably it, though. Is there anybody else you would even mention in the new elite category? Like, we wanted to put guys like Nick Chubb there. Like, we wanted to put several other guys. We wanted to put Joe Mixon there. We wanted to put, you know, Austin Eckler. I think some people wanted to put him there. I can't I can't do anything. Like, I can't put no. even Edwards Hilaire or even, like, even though I love Jonathan Taylor, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, currently, I don't think they're there, but I think if we fast forward – uh, three months until after the NFL Super Bowl, and we are starting to look at 2021. Mm-hmm. Value-wise, I think CEH, Jonathan Taylor, and J.K. Dobbins all get there. I, I think they become. I think they become the tier right after those five that we talked about. I think Derrick Henry would be in that tier for me. Uh, so I, I, I think that's. I think they all will get there. Value-wise. 
production wise, value wise, right now, they're not quite there. I want to target them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to go out and get Jonathan Taylor uh, this upcoming week. I want to go get CEH more. It's on my list of things to do. Yep, and, and if you're listening and, and you're you're still wiping the tears away from you know Jonathan Taylor and the frustration of uh, you know him fumbling and then immediately seeing his touch and touches and usage completely change again, like that's. Uh, I hope that the coaches realize that that's just a stupid way to do things. Like there's how, so many good coaches that do it a different it's way. It's unbelievable. Like, how do others not understand this yet? It's like, hey, professional athlete at the highest point of of any athletic form. Like, hey, I, you fumbled. I'm gonna slap you in the wrist and put you on the bench. Like, how stupid is that? This isn't like high school football. Like these guys are the best of the best of the best. Keep the good players on the field. Keep you know I, I don't care about Jordan Jordan Wilkins like he's looked okay he's a decent backup stop it like just stop it coaches like Bruce Arians has been the worst over the years at doing that but like come on uh, and now now the Colts doing it. it's just it's just embarrassing frankly so I I'm all about targeting the rookies this year it's just they're not there yet but they might be and I do think Travis Etienne of Clemson regardless of how poorly he looked <laughs> against Notre Dame this past weekend. I think he'll get there immediately. I think he will be the only player from that class that immediately gets there. Some want to put Najee Harris there for from Alabama. Uh, and there, after that, it's kind of a mess for next year's running back class. But right now, I don't think we can get past the five that we mentioned. Aaron Jones, I love Aaron Jones. I can't go very long talking about good running backs without mentioning Aaron Jones. But, uh, you know, the Packers just always find a, find a way to ruin him. And then he has struggled to stay healthy as well. So I think he's just outside looking in for me. You know, I know I'm sure that there were some people that were screaming Aaron Jones, but he's just not, not quite there in that tier. And, and he's actually older than you think he is too. But before we move on and just wrap it up with some wide receivers and tight ends, just a word from our sponsors. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73%, yes, 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. 
All right, so now I think this might be the most exciting position to talk about uh, in all of football for many people. It is my favorite to talk about, wide receivers. It seems like every single year we pump up you know, a half dozen to a dozen different young guys, and, and realistically only two or three uh, truly ascend and meet the outrageous expectations that we have out for them. I mean, I've already talked about how DK Metcalf is uh, my new Dynasty wide receiver one. And we'll probably get into that. I, I'm curious, John, as to how you value him. But the the elite tier of wide receivers over the years, historically, we've seen the same wide receivers. You know, if they have a wide receiver two season early on in their career, they, they have an early breakout age in college. They do that within the first three years of the NFL. They're going to do that for five to six, seven more years. And so we've seen over the past five years, a lot of familiar faces consistently dominating the wide receiver landscape. I mean, Julio Jones who will definitely go down in in the GOAT conversation when it's all said and done. DeAndre Hopkins, who could get into that conversation as well. Antonio Brown and the ghost of whatever he's going to be for Tampa. Uh, I think he's long gone at this point. Uh, But, I mean, we've seen, you know, Mike Evans is constantly in the conversation. Michael Thomas is breaking people's face with just what we didn't even know was possible with efficiency and and receptions per game and breaking records. Devontae Adams, he's just been a touchdown scoring machine. You know, a lot of staples that have just been trustworthy every week plug and play type options. It's hard to get into that tier. Uh, but it's, I think, even harder just to commit and find and, and commit to the right wide receiver and, and trust in the right wide receiver to get to that elite championship winning, just bonkers efficiency, 12 touchdown upside, nine receptions, 10 receptions in a game type crazy playmaker. Uh, and, and sometimes we see it for a couple of years and it's gone, like Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. But John, first off, with DK Metcalf, he has to be there for you. I I I assume he's there for you, but is oh, he, is he has he, to be. What if he's not? But okay. Yeah, well, he's 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 there. He's I would there. just. I, I think I just there. put you on mute, and then I just talk for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely there. He's not my current wide receiver one for dynasty. I don't have any problem with people that have him as the wide receiver one in dynasty. I totally understand it. It's still DeAndre Hopkins for me because I just love DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to fade away super fast. I think there's an argument actually. And I th- wide receiver is just, it's deep. It's ridiculously deep. If we want to talk about the elite and wide receiver, we would probably have to put a number on it or we will go way. Yeah, it's over. tough. There's so many of them. I mean, really, I mean, you could probably get to 12 and then perhaps keep going like uh, that are in yeah. a similar tier. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of guys that are probably like, okay, that guy's a hall of famer. I don't want to cut it off right there. Cause I think because <laughs> of the depth of the position now, there are too many guys to get into and too many guys that have the game breaking 20 plus 30 plus point potential for fantasy football that I think we just can't avoid talking about those guys. But DK, I mean, coming into this week, he was, you know, he was already at what? 59 targets. But he's just been so efficient with it. Like that's only 14th, 14th in targets. But in terms of actual yardage, he was top five. And in terms of actual receiving touchdowns, he was top two. You know, so it's just like he's just put up an unreal efficient season. He and Tyler Lockett both. Uh, in fact, I, I think in in many ways Tyler Lockett might might be already a more complete. Uh, wide receiver, of course, than DK Metcalf. I don't think that's even a discussion, but because of what DK Metcalf is, he's my wide receiver one. But I am curious if you have Lockett 
in that same conversation. I know, uh, but he had a, that one huge blow up game. Is Lockett in the conversation uh, of the new elite for you? He's he's not for me. I mean, talking dynasty wise, like there's a huge age gap, so that's a Lockett won't be able to break that for me. DK Metcalf has game breaking potential every single game. Tyler Lockett's got game breaking potential sometimes. For a lot less years left in his career, I assume. Right. Uh, one big factor for both of them, but especially for DK Metcalf, is Seattle is letting Russell Wilson play right now. I was a Russ. I'm a Russell Wilson ha- fantasy hater. Like I don't like him in <laughs> fantasy uh, because they used to never let him do what he's doing this year. I mean, but now they're letting they would him cook. Sometimes then they wouldn't. <laughs> yes, they let Russ cook. Yes, that's the <laughs> that's the fun fun hashtag and everything. This it, and I've done a 180 i mean like if this is what seattle is going to do then yes i love russell wilson i used to hate him because they didn't let him do it attached with that is dk metcalf and that's that is why he's up there so he's he is definitely up there for me like the the old elite that hasn't gone anywhere is deandre hopkins Devontae adams michael thomas tyreek hill dk metcalf equal value more value however you want to slice those five up he's right there with them uh, and then I have like another tier below that of guys that I think are breaking, are ready to break in to that upper tier. And I think they might do it. At, if they're not there for you yet, I think in the next year, there will be a shift where some of these guys will break into that same tier. And for me, that's uh, Chris Godwin, AJ Brown and Calvin Ridley. Like I love them. And I think, I think they deserve mention right there being just sitting there waiting to break into that top tier in dynasty value. Of, of wide receiver ones. Yeah. I, I, it's hard to argue with any of those names, but what about Richie James from San Francisco? <laughs> because. Oh, if, if only like that's the game you look at and you're like, Oh, why didn't I play him in the captain slot? Like, yeah, oh, come on. Like oh, this man. is the, that, that, that's his, that's a good job. Good. Good for him. I hope somebody did. And I hope they got to have a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. And I just, I was like, Yes, winning. Like I, I was three years too early, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I had him on so many rosters uh, for like no cost, and then right, I, yeah, he's obviously on so many waiver wires now. Yeah. Just a fun player. I mean, he put up like what thirty three fantasy points. I mean, he's never going to do that, do that again. But one of the most yeah. ridiculous college athletes. He's you know I'm I live in Nashville area now, and he he you know went to MTSU, Middle Tennessee State but was just an unreal, the best player the program's ever seen, had over a 1,000 receiving yards in his first season. He, he had like a, a game where he had 76 passing yards, like 200 rushing yards, and 100 receiving yards in the same game. Like it's, he, he was always fun in college. So it's cool to see he, him. He, he, he can crack the MTSU new elite. Yes, yeah, he, he, he is he, the he new can, elite for. <laughs> I don't think he's cracking this one. Okay, yes, I, I yeah. But I, Calvin Ridley, it's hard to argue. I mean, even in his f- first year, he had like, what, 10 scores? We're like, whatever, get some receptions and yards to go with those. And he did. Uh, and especially when Julio Jones is perhaps going to be slowing down, perhaps going to be missing more games over the next three years as he you know, tries to climb the all-time leaderboards for receptions and yards. You have to look at Calvin Ridley and think, that guy, that that's the dude. Before, even before the show, we, we did talk about A.J. Brown. Uh, I, I am curious just to... As, as to how high you think he can go because do you think he on the titans as it is <laughs> can get to a top five kind of status like even just from a real football perspective it's hard for the the average fan to look at a guy who just doesn't have the raw numbers and put him in that same elite category so can he get there 
he's unfortunately the one that I think is at risk of not getting there of this group. And you know, I've judged the Titans. They, they turned me around a little bit last year because they, they kind of were a little bit explosive. Um, this year, they're not, we'll say. Uh, but I think I think it's still there. I think there's a chance. I, I think A.J. Brown can definitely do it. He is an awesome receiver. Fantasy points-wise, I do want to see more. I'm a, a little concerned, but not enough to get rid of him. And if I can get a discount right now, I think he's he's the one that we've talked about. Like, you can't go get D.K. Metcalf. He's not affordable. No. A.J. Brown, I think, is a little bit more affordable. So, of these ones... He's kind of like, uh, who do we talk about at quarterback? You know, we talked about Herbert first. Go get him because while he might be the lowest of the chances, he's going to be the easiest to to acquire. And he's, I think he still has that chance. I don't know that he'll ever be the wide receiver one because his yeah. career is going to be against these other guys that are just so good. Yeah. Uh, so that's tough to measure up to. That doesn't mean that he's not going to score you a lot of fantasy points, though. Yeah, I just remember seeing people, you know, value him as like a second round startup pick for dynasty leagues, and uh, and thinking, man, that's really high for a Titans player. Uh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm a Titans fan. That out of the Titans offense, are we? <laughs> no, you know, but but really, if you look back at his past what eleven games since he really kind of went off, like Ryan Tannehill took over week seven last year. He immediately had a little bit of production here and there, but week twelve last week or last year was his big explosion. And since then, he does have seven wide receiver one in terms of top 12 fantasy football finishes. And he is consistently, he's one of those guys that just breaks the system and is, is constantly a, a top efficiency kind of player that's always near, you know, top 10 in terms of fantasy points over expectation, uh, you know, yards over receptions, expectation, and every kind of whatever over expectation, over air yards, anything. Like he's coming into this week, he was. Barely top 50 in terms of targets, yet somehow he, he has all these wide receiver one finishes. And even the, even today, when you know the, the Titans' offense was offense was struggling, he was still the sole target that went off and had the big touchdown play. And he's just a lot of fun. He he adds yak, and so I think that that is a little bit different. He might be that guy that breaks the system and gets there. So I'm all for targeting AJ Brown, especially if Ryan Tannehill is going to be there long term, and especially if Corey Davis is going to depart after this year as an unrestricted free agent. He might even have higher market share after this year. So I think there is near the same potential as a couple of those other guys, but uh, he might be cheaper now because we just had outlandish ex- expectations. Uh, we love to pump these guys up and say, oh my gosh, he's like 22. He did this in his rookie gear. And this is the conversation we just had about DK Metcalf, you realize? Yes, I know. I know. So, <laughs> But it's going to work for him. Yes. It, it is gonna, it's going to work for him. I mean, I yes. agree with you. Yeah, Titans fan, just a little pessimistic as as to his ceiling. But Travis Fulgham, because his name is Travis, I have to talk about him. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and what he's doing this year is bonkers. And I, I'm super high long-term on Jalen Rager being a high-volume option for the Eagles. But how much do you believe in Fulgham being able to hold on and, and do this uh, for an entire season and entire multiple seasons? I mean, it's a guy that was barely drafted to the Lions, couldn't really crack past the practice squad, and and then he just was let go, and now he's with the Eagles. How do we trust somebody? like? Are you trusting that he could break up, break into that tier? Because he's for single-year no, fantasy football leagues. Not even 
Okay. Not even close. But he's got a good good first name, so good for him. But yeah, good first name. God, strong, no, I don't, strong I don't, first name. I don't trust in players until an organization shows me that they trust in a player, yes. whether it be by they invest in them with draft stock or they invest with them invent in them with a lot of money. I, I assume Travis Fulgham isn't on some long term deal because like no. you said, he was drafted by Detroit. Cut yeah. if if they if they were to sign him to a contract, like, you know, and they gave him some sort of an extension and said, We want you here, yeah, then they've committed to him. They're not his NFL team isn't even committed. So no, I don't I don't commit to any player like that. Great to have if you have him. That's good job. You hit on a guy. He probably came off the white waiver wire. The majority of those guys don't ever see. I mean, this is the same argument for James Robinson. Having a great year, the Jags didn't invest in him. Right. I I you know, this is their ceiling. This is their best you're ever gonna see value-wise out of these guys. So, no, I'm not trusting it. I don't expect it to continue. That's fair. But it it is incredible just to see what he's doing. And I think initially he had like it was like a one-year deal. But I think as it currently stands today, he'll be a restricted free agent in 2022, 2022, if my sources are correct. Uh, but he will be the most underpaid guy if he if he keeps on putting up numbers like this because he's he's raking in like five hundred fifty five thousand this year and like eight hundred fifty thousand next year, and then he's restricted. So the team could try to keep him around uh, cheaply, even beyond that. So I I don't know what that will look like for him, but just a cool story regardless uh, to to come out of nowhere, uh, be a practice squad guy that is is barely even you know making the cut. Uh, to be on an NFL team, uh, to even be able to have an honest Twitter bio, uh, and now he's <laughs> just blowing up like he is. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure if there's a bunch of new elite guys that I'm super excited about beyond the guys like you mentioned. Chris Godwin is interesting because you know he hasn't been himself uh, this year. I think that might be surprising uh, for some that he's still in that conversation. But what he did last year is too incredible at too young of an age to think it's not going to repeat. Uh, if not this year, definitely next year. But would you, any other guys that you would kind of put in that conversation that are rising into new elite status? Like, uh, I don't, I don't think they're there because of uh, some injuries. <laughs> yeah. But there are there are a couple of guys that are on my radar. Well, actually, there's three. Two of them play for the same team. Either uh, Jerry Judy's not by injury. I think he's actually coming on now and gaining a little value. But the one that is way on the outside, and I don't think he's in the new elite. But uh, I think Cortland Sutton could be, and I think now is a time to go get him yeah, because get- he is being forgotten. And then I think CeeDee Lamb also, people are people came out real high on him because he started out looking really good at the beginning. Dax hurt now. CeeDee Lamb isn't going to look as good for the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. But I think he does have, I think CeeDee Lamb has the potential to be, like if you're looking a year ahead. So if we do this show next year, I think next year we might be talking about like we should have seen CD Lamb coming. <laughs> that we should have seen this coming when he's having a great year next year. So he's not there yet, but he's a guy that I really think can get there eventually. And I think next year we might be talking about him as being part of the new elite then. Yeah, I think so. And I think another guy that we have to talk about in this rookie class again, and I'll talk about him forever just because of how ridiculous I, I love Justin Jefferson. I mean I Oh, yes, I mean, for sure. With the Vikings, even in a, in a kind of a slow day where game script di- dictated very early that the, the Vikings just didn't need to throw because, you know, Dalvin Cook just dropped another quick 200 yards. But Justin Jefferson was the lead receiver 
today for the Vikings. They only only had 64 yards, but most most weeks, that's a good week for an NFL wide receiver. He's a rookie coming into this week. He was, of course, you know, he one of the top wide receivers in terms of yards and especially yards per game. Uh, he started slow, but has 563 yards coming in this week. So he's already up over 600 hundred yards. Definitely at this point uh, on pace for like an 11, 1200 yard season as a rookie. So I think w- when we look back on the totality of this year and what he was able to do and T Higgins also what he was able to do, we're going to think, holy cow. And those guys are going to be next year's AJ Brown. That's Probably overvalued to some to to some extent, but I think Justin Jefferson is in a position to live up to the hype, and he's and his primary competition is a guy who's aging out. So, man, really interesting. Another low sample size in terms of low target number, I guess implied ceiling. Uh, that's what DK was. That's what AJ Brown was. That's what Justin Jefferson is. But absolute smash potential if there's any increase in overall volume. For the Vikings at any point in the near future, so I'm all all about putting him in, in an incredibly high category, just just on the outside of the elite of the elite category, and could get there by season's end. But that's probably it for the wide receivers, uh, tight ends. Like, is there anything worth talking about outside like the top three <laughs> options? It's, I mean, it's 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 tough. It's 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 ugly out there. Let, let's. I mean, Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey. Those were the they were elite last year. They're still elite. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I still I love Noah Fant and I love Dallas Goddard. Honestly, I think both of them have a, a real chance. T.J. Hawkinson as well. I think I think they have a chance to become. I think they could. I think one or one or two of them could crack that same tier with those top three soon. They're not there. No, I mean, I like you said, there, there's nobody to nobody worth talking that's added in to that top three yet. But there's a, you know, there are some guys that I think are up and coming and can, can get there. They haven't yet, but I, I'm watching those three thinking they could all get there. Yeah. Coming into this week, there was a four point per game difference between the tight end four and the tight end 26. So <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> that seems about right. That Yeah, that's just that's just the nature of the position this year. So good luck figuring out who's going to be the next guy. Because uh, in recent years, it hasn't always been the the top draft capital guys. I mean, I just I think people forget that George Kittle was a fifth round pick or something like that. Like he was not he was not a top ten overall draft pick like T.J. Hawkinson or Noah Fant and Mark Andrews. Like he was I, he was my tight end one in that class, and he was drafted after a forty seven year old tight end in, in uh, <laughs> Hayden Hurst. Like by the same team, it's just it's a weird position to project to project NFL success for because even all of the best projection or production metrics that we have to help us sift through things like just their 40 time and draft capital is pretty much better than anything that we have. Uh, But it's really hard to project anybody getting there outside of the Travis Kittle, George or Travis Kittle, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren, even Darren Waller. I think he's been incredible. I think that some people look at his age and assume he won't be there for forever. But Travis Kelsey's also in that, you know, he's already 30 ish. Uh, So we're going to be in need of other names that aren't George Kittle here soon. So I think guys like Hawkinson, guys like Fant, guys like Albert Okui Boonham, if uh, he can... (laughs) Out snap Fant at some point. I, that's going to be tough, but I really like his touchdown potential there. He had one of the highest touchdown percentages of uh, any tight end prospect in recent memory. But Mark Andrews is there. But uh, yeah, the, 
I, I won't spend a whole lot of time there, but it, I just want to get to a point where we have like another golden age where I just think back to, the, you know, the Jimmy Graham and, and Gronk years there. And, you know, even Jimmy like Gra- Jimmy Graham's the what tight end on this year? Like he's got to be still up there. He is. He's like uh, in terms of points per game, he's actually <laughs> still tight in 13. So he's still hanging around. And even Gronk, still zombie Gronk, he's hanging around. But I, that, I, I hope that's what tight end is this year. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just zombie everything. But I, I hope we see an ascension and continue uh, continual revolution of that position and how the NFL uses it because that when you get a difference maker like for instance Kyle Pitts of Florida who again just dominated this mm. past weekend that can change your offense that can change your entire franchise so I hope next year is another good tight end year we could see Kyle Pitts uh, of Florida could see Brevin Jordan of Miami could see Pat Farmuth of Penn State all three get first round draft capital and could be another trio of potential stars and in that position could you know get even deeper and maybe even perhaps more gross to to predict uh here soon but it's a really short list for elite guys at that position but that's probably all the time we have this has been a lot of fun just talking about these players values where they're going where they're trending so thanks again for joining me john it's good to i mean we talk all the time about college football dfs and uh, how much you know we hate our fantasy football teams uh, or love our fantasy football teams, but it, it's good to actually have an extended conversation and uh, talk about the new elite with you and help our listeners uh, perhaps predict the future <laughs> uh, and uh, take advantage of some uh, value gaps here and there in their fantasy football leagues. But anything more that you want to plug uh, before we sign off here, John? Not even a little bit, Travis. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> I got nothing right. to plug. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, listeners, I, I love you guys. I always appreciate the feedback. Please do uh, leave some feedback on a rate and review. That definitely helps the show wherever you listen. Really appreciate every single one that you guys leave, uh, especially the good ones. But uh, thanks for listening. And I uh, can't believe we're already more than halfway through like the NFL season, college football season. It's just weird. But uh, really glad football has been back amidst this strange, strange year. But I look forward to you all joining me soon for much more football and many more episodes of the College to Canton podcast. Football is back in full swing, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. So head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.